So hello listeners, welcome to the Car Care Podcast. Uh, This is episode four and I'm your host Stephen Jakes. And in this episode we'll be discussing all about odours and in particular uh, odours in your car. Uh, So before we commence, uh, let's introduce our residential and car care specialist, the guru uh, himself, the one and only Gary Ray. Now Gary's been involved in the car industry uh, for about 33 uh, years now, has a wealth of knowledge uh, and so let's bring him in. Hello, Gary. How are you doing, mate? It's good to see you. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, yeah, I'm very good. Thank you very much for introducing me with that great intro. And uh, yeah, you know, all good, really. Um, okay, so let's get started. I'm just this time we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to just go through some bullet points yep. of what we're going to go through, so that those of you listening and talking, thinking, wondering about smells, can cut to the chase, or they can fast forward, or so whatever they want to part, do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, most of you will be so interested that you want to go through all of it. But let's get cracking, right? So who cares about smell and who doesn't? So that's yep, who, the first one. That's the first one. So so who really cares? Who's actually here that's listening that actually really cares about smell or not in a car? Right, I'm going to go through the kinds of smells that are problems. So I'll go through the list of the different kinds and the main ones that happen in cars. And, uh, you know, we'll go through some bits and pieces how we deal with those. How bad can they actually be? Okay. Uh, DIY tips and advice. So those of you who've got the smells in their own cars are here. Uh, what if I just bought the car from a dealer? So I bought the car, just taken delivery of it, nearly yep. new, and it smells. Do ozone machines work? So for those of you people that are wondering what the buyer will try and do with it itself, what does pairing do and what does it actually mean? What is thermo-fogging? <laughs> These are all different varying smell machines. Yep. And do they work? Uh, what's a UVL fogger? And does that work? <laughs> and where does a 19-year-old girl fit into all of this? Well, that's the question I'm looking forward to hearing the answer to. <laughs> so I suppose we better start really at the very beginning. Okay, and, so, uh, the beginning so if we go pressure. to the start, uh, and that is really uh, who cares uh, about the smells and who doesn't. And right. so in your experience now, Gary, um, what's your... Your take on that, right? Well, I can bet you can bet your bottom dollar that ninety percent of our audience on this particular subject will be men. Uh, but actually, uh, the people that do because men smell. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, you know, I'll tell you, you, you will laugh. Actually, it's it, it, those men are listening now, thinking, you know, the problems theirs. It's actually women that are the ones that do have the problem with the smells. Yeah. So most of the time, we get calls from people that are men, <laughs> and they're saying, "Hi, you know, I've got this car. It smells." And mainly the underlying uh, fact is that it's the wife that doesn't like the smell. So 99% of the time, it's the wife that doesn't like the smell. It's her problem, and uh, she's the one that cares. Uh, Albeit that the man is ringing and trying to solve the problem. Uh, I will put a caveat to that. Um, A lady that's been through the menopause tends to lose her sense of smell, which is why... Uh, you know, these older ladies out there that have uh, can't smell the perfume anymore. So if you one day walk in towards an old lady who's, 
smells of perfume and doesn't understand why she absolutely smells of it. That's because she can't smell it anymore. She splashed half the bottle over herself and uh, thinks, you know, there's nothing like the old stuff I used to buy that had a proper smell. So, uh, yeah, so the older ladies out there don't seem to care, but... Any lady, uh, any lady out there that does, then nine out of ten times she'll be talking to her other half about the fact that she doesn't like the car, she doesn't want to go in it. And often she's making excuses because once she's said the smell and doesn't like the smell, often uh, she just doesn't doesn't like the car. And uh, you tend to find that she, oh no, we're going in my car, or I won't go. And you know, it's that bad because yeah. she doesn't like it. So that's it. So there's the first question answered. Okay, so thank you for that. So let's move on to the next question, and uh, which was, uh, what are the main smells in a car? Um, uh, that could vary from a range of different uh, problems and instances, from smoke, the dog, milk, uh, different types of spillages, children being sick, dogs being sick, and the list goes on and on. So... What's... Well, you've pretty much got them there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going uh, in a little bit more, really. Okay, so... Uh, the main problem one is smoke, I think, particularly these days. And, uh, you know, smoke can vary, really. You'd think, oh, would somebody smoked in it yesterday? Then that's the smell of the smoke. But, you know, there's three different parts of the smoke that create the smell, the cigarettes, obviously. But um, and one of them is the ash uh, and stale ash. Is probably the worst one, um, and that's the one when you add a little bit of dampness to it, yeah. it has a bit of a twing yeah. to it, you know. And when you get in a car that has ash, or walk into a room, I, mean, what, I want you to imagine now that somebody's been smoking in the room, and you come down in the morning, and you know, the, and uh, I remember years ago when I smoked, we, I used to put a card over the ashtray or put the ashtray outside just for that the fact that the ash is out uh, out of the car or out of the house so the ash is one then of course you've got the nicotine which is the one the other one that we all visualize when looking at our car you can see the headline in a bit yellowy or round where the you know the cigarette would be above the steering wheel you get all that nicotine on the glass and everywhere else yeah. and obviously you've got the smoke itself that smells of course you know if you take your mind back to a few years ago when uh you came out of a pub and you'd be smelling of the smoke and that's the smoke that smells. You've still got smoke in your actual clothes and they smell smoky. You haven't really got much ash in them or much nicotine because it's just a smoky room. So they're the three main areas. Um, so What's uh, the most commonest one for you that you have well, that you uh, deal with People generally? calling is smoke, I think. That's yeah. 90%. I think the second one is dog. Um you know, some dogs smell, don't they? And uh, the dog hairs and the coats. And then you've got spilt milk, obviously, um, which is an horrible one because that seems to come after. You know, you spill the milk and then about a week later you suddenly get this kick up. And, yeah. and it can be really quite bad. Um, the one after that would be... Um, let me put the glasses on. I wrote this well, you down. you got sick, you got wine. and got... Yeah, sick wine, musty musty water as well. Yeah. The car's leaking water and you don't know it. You've got this musky smell and it's like a mouldy smell. Obviously sick, you know. Anyone's going to say, oh, God, that's awful. You get somebody sick and then it's immediate. And then whatever it was they were eating. And then, you know, whether it be milk or wine or whatever. You know, then it obviously that creates its smell in its own right. There are one or two others out there. You get some foul smells. Um, people leave chickens and things in cars and fish, and we've had everything in there all and sat. There's some strange this. people in this world, Gary, isn't there? <laughs> well, you want to talk? Can I just break off a little funny story? 
one of the worst ones we had uh, a lady turned up in this brand new car she'd had it for about three weeks and the first uh you know week of getting it they parked it at the airport and she'd forgotten that she'd left in it um chicken bit of chicken bits cut chicken or something i don't know some kind of chicken stuff and um and they'd gone on holiday and uh, they'd been away for two weeks. Lovely. And, in and the summer, it must have been <laughs> because uh, oh, they were great. they were on the bus coming back. You know, you got the bus and go. Yeah. Through. They could smell it from on the bus. Everybody's on the bus. What is that smell? That is outrageous. They're actually going along on the bus, and it is just terrible. So then, of course, the bus pulls up, and they're still walking towards their own car, not realizing eventually when they get probably there. moaning about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know <laughs> it was the us. It's our it car. Is, yeah, their new car as well. Yeah, and uh, you know the lady drove it to us with the windows wide open, and I remember the old. So her old building, I remember sitting in there thinking, God, I think I've smelled something. And walked out into the car park and she got out of the car. She'd had the window open and she said, here it is. I told you it was bad. And, uh, you know, it was maggots everywhere and it. it was full of maggots as well. So That's a bit yeah. like farting in a lift and then complaining about the smell to the other people in there, isn't it really? Well, yeah, something <laughs> like that. A little worse than, worse than that. Absolutely. I can't imagine what that smelled like. Yeah. So, what? Well, funny enough, we, we didn't quite get to the bottom of that one. I'll, I'll put my hands up and honestly say that what we knew then is not what we know now. Yeah. And I think, you know, we got 90% of it right, but it, I know now that I could probably, if I had that car again, hopefully I don't ever see no, it again. No. But we could get rid of the smell. But, you know, what we knew then was not, not what we know now. I'd hate so. to imagine what that was like when that when yeah. you first opened that car. So that answers that how bad can it be? <laughs> yeah, how can I've got <laughs> I've got probably four other versions of that. Yeah, uh, different shapes and sizes, but we won't go into them all. But you know, we've had over the years some quite funny ones and quite some, you know, even some bizarre ones where people have put smells in cars deliberately, you know, and all that. There is an article on on our old website still there. If anyone wants to dig it out, where we had to do some detective work and had the UV glasses on and stuff. We use those still today, you know, the mm-hmm. UV lights, because it identifies protein and you can see, physically see the smell as well as smell it, which Very is unusual. clever. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... So let's move on to the next one, which obviously is probably a popular one, probably one that you're going to get quite a lot, and because there are many dog owners uh, in this country and around the world. And so let's go to the dog, uh, the dog tips and uh, the advice. Okay, so... The dogs, animals, usually the smell comes from their coat, so it's a bit sweaty. So basically it's an organic smell and it gets in everywhere. It gets into into the hairs and gets in all over the place. You'll find wads of hairs in places if you've bought a car and it's somebody else's dog, then that's normally what you're all doing it for. Most of the time, if somebody's got a car themselves, they don't smell their own dog. So... I don't remember the last time I had anyone phone and said I'd like to get the dog of our, the smell of our dog out of their car. Most of the time it's because they bought a car or inherited it and found that they've got lots and lots of smell in it and they thought they didn't have it and, you know, they, they'd realised that there seems to be smell everywhere and it's usually because, uh, you know, people just fall in love with their dogs and those of you listening uh that have got dogs now probably can't smell them but the buyers of your card can so um so here's some helpful advice uh first off the car needs a, a amazing vacuum you've got to get started at the front and go right the way through the car and uh, an airline's useful if you haven't got one of those you just got to get in all those gaps and brush out and get all those hairs out 
Um, and you find that if you give it a really good vacuum and a brush, that one of the ways to get the hairs out is to put a rubber glove on. Um, these throwaway ones are quite good. Those you maybe use two or three of those, but they're quite grippy. You know the ones that uh, you know, like elasticated ones. Yeah. Or a, or a marigold will do. You know, but. Uh, you put it on one hand and you've got your vacuum in the other and then you can sort of sw scoop it. They tend to grip the hairs and you can pull them out uh, of all the gaps. You'll find that in the gaps beside the seats, all the rear ones where you fold them backwards and forwards, if you're, if you're finding the evidence there, then it will be elsewhere. So if you're looking into those little corners and gaps and places like that and you're finding the hairs, then you can bet your bottom dollar they'll be in places that you don't know they are. So as an example, if you've got uh, where the handbrake goes, you've got the little gap. And if you look down that gap, you'll find them in there as well. You'll find, you know, in between the seats and then you'll fold in the back seat. Sometimes they're a bit tricky. Sometimes a back seat may not come up, come up very easy. Look on YouTube and get that up. Then uh, I would suggest uh, a very good way of cleaning all the surfaces is this spray foam upholstery cleaner. Um, you can get that in a bucket, get a bucket of hot water, nice microfiber cloth, soft cloth. And uh, and you work your way around the car, cleaning all the surfaces, clean the glass. Smell tends to go to glass. Clean the sun visors, even though it's been a dog, the smell will have emitted itself onto other surfaces. And when you're wringing your cloth out, wring it out of the bucket, and then uh, put it back in the bucket, rinse it again, and rinse and wring it out of the bucket each time. So the dirty water from the cloth is going out. So. Um, if the seats need a proper deep clean shampoo, you may need to uh, hire one of those machines or take it to somebody who's got one. And you need to see they've got one of those machines. If you're taking it to a valet place and they go, don't worry, we clean it, no problem. The chances are they haven't actually got a, an extraction machine. They're just cleaning the surface the same way the fabric's clean, the same way as they're cleaning the hard surfaces. And that's what you're going to do today if you're going to do some DIY. But the shortfall will be that extraction part. So you need to if your seats and carpets are dirty there's usually dirt and dog in that so you need to extract that um i recommend uh the foam sprays because they they spread themselves even you don't get the car too wet I, i'd advise ideally do this during the summer months when you've got a bit of breeze and it's going to dry because you know um you're fine in the winter months you rely on using the car. If you're planning on doing this in the winter months and you're not going to use the car, then uh, you're spelling yourself a disaster. So so clean it all, all surfaces, foam spray. Uh, if you want to get a little bit more sophisticated, you can get um, uh, a biological washing liquid. Um, you've seen them out there. You may sometimes, they just say, uh, not you know the, the the different products out there. You've got bio, non-bio. Sometimes they used to have it worded on all the bottles, but sometimes you have to read a bit, uh, read into them and see. Normally, the biological ones recommend forty degrees. So that's the. But if you can't find it, is look it up online and find one. There's all the common makes are out there. Uh, the liquid one works a lot better than the powder, and you need to get some gloves on. So you just put a bit of that in the bucket. And that then, while you're cleaning, put, wringing your cloth out, the cloth's taking that to the surface, and that works quite well. So that's going to work, work quite well with dog odour, and also it works with most general odours. Um, it'll work with, um, it'll work with uh, smoke odour, 
you tend to find with the smoke ones, it's ash then, of course, and you tend to find there's a lot of ash around the rear seats and around the, the side of the driver's side. You get a lot of ash where somebody might have been smoking. Originally, they, everybody starts with their car and they think, oh, I'm not going to smoke in it, you know, and then they sort of, after about three months, one wet, rainy Monday morning and you're sitting there in the queue <laughs> for traffic and you have one and you think, I'll just have one, I'll flick it out the window. So for the next three strokes, six months of the car's life, people are flicking the ash out the window, which invariably, most of the time, is going everywhere but out the window. Yeah. And you end up with it all over the back seats. And that's what I was talking about earlier. You get all the ash and the ash has got the stale smell. So mm. you tend to find a really good vacuum and a good bash of the fabrics. Bash it with one hand and push the dust, and really you'd be surprised how much is coming out. Try to do it on a windy day and open all the doors and bash away, and, and each time you vac the car, pull out more and more, and you'll find, going back to the product, the, the, the suggestion I was talking about earlier with those products, um, if you clean it with the way I've just said, clean every surface, so... Explain a little bit better. So you go start at the pedals, you work your way through the carpets, you do the mats, you clean the side panels, you clean the seats, you go up, put the seats forward, you clean under the seats. You know, you work your way all the way to the back, you know. You may have had to change that water four times by then, depending on how much you're getting off the cloth and, you know, and maybe two or three microfibers even. And, you know, you, you generally find the microfiber will clean itself as you're going. But, you know, if you've got a few of them, you can do the headlining with a cleaner one. And you work your way through and then change the bucket if the bucket's getting dirty. And you'll see the dirty, slimy stuff coming off and it's getting dirty then you'll realise then that uh, that you may need to change the water a bit more often. And you will even find on a car that's only a year or two old that you'll still find a lot more dirt than you thought you would. Microfibers are very good at pulling the dirt off the hard surfaces. Don't just go for the soft surfaces. Uh, the hard surfaces are the, are the way they are, where the smell goes. So most people look inside the car and think, well, it smells. They're smelling the seat. But the smell it gravitates to hard surfaces that are cold uh, as well and more likely to go to those. So cleaning those little metal door handles and the uh, glass and all of those areas is very important. So um, once you've done that, you will find that it may have exponentially got better by 80%. And if that's done that, it might be good enough for your other half if you're doing it. Sometimes that's the case. But, you know, for those ladies that are doing doing the job then you know you're doing it for yourself um you find 80 percent better as, uh, as what you could expect so if you then dry it all out um and you can still smell it sometimes you can then locate where the smell's coming from so that's uh, where the 19 year old girl comes into use <laughs> i'll bring her in early um a 19 year old girl's got the best sense of smell or a pregnant lady so what you're trying to do is get somebody to get into the car and smell where the smell's coming from. Now, before you've cleaned all those surfaces, you generally find that uh, the smell's coming from everywhere. So you can't really stick your head in and say, oh, there it is. So once you've done all those surfaces, maybe twice, you may have done it once and then decided, well, I'll go back through it all. Um, and Or you may do it a week, a week later. Usually, as a rough rule of thumb, it will get 80% better each time. So you've only got to do it three times and you're well on your way, except for this bit, which could be that there's some kind of spillage gone on. Could be the previous owner spilt something. We've had cars where people have, have run businesses with fish businesses. 
they've spilt the fish and you think oh it smells there now we've cleaned the kite and smell it behind the seat and it, once we've um you know we get into more detailed stuff where what we do we get seats out and get carpets up and we found spillages in two or three places in a car you'd never have found those by trying to smell around the car until you've done all the other stuff you know we use other tools and we'll get to those further down the line so um generally that covers most of course if you're talking about a spillage and you're doing diy yes you can clean all those surfaces you but you may find that you spilt milk down a gap somewhere um there's varying products you can use for that the the biological um, washing liquid works but you've got to be careful you don't spread it everywhere so most of the time it comes down to an extraction machine and if it's gone down the gaps between the seats, usually it makes more sense to get the seat out. So you get into you're getting into a more professional level there. But there's no no reason why you can't take the car to a mechanic if you're the other side of the world. And we you know you're listening to this and get the mechanic to remove a seat and get the foam up and get to the problem. Uh, I will say if you've got a pint of milk soaked right through the fabric that it makes sense to think about changing these items. You know, a lot of insurance companies do because they've never had the solution. But, um, you know, the foamy bit might be four inches thick and the and the milk sunk into that. You can use a bicarbonate soda on, on milk. And in, you, what you've got to do is imagine you were, a, you know, you're trying to replicate what a washing machine does. I nearly said imagine you were a washing machine then, but... <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but you know, if you put all your washing in a washing machine and turn it on and leave it on for sort of five minutes, take it all out, it's not going to be clean. So all it's done is put the water, moved it around, massaged the clothes by it moving around, and then you're emptying it. If, that, if they could make a washing machine like a microwave, then they would, they'd have them now. You know, the reality is they can't do that, and the reason they can't do it is because. The smell on milk, as an example, is thousands and thousands of millions of trillions of billions of tiny micro parts of um, bacteria that's causing the smell. Yeah, and enzymes and stuff. Well, you need enzymes to get rid of them. Mm. And the enzymes are what you're putting in your washing machine, which is the biological bit. And, of course, they need to exchange places thousands of thousands of times to fight this battle. So it, it, it stands to reason that you can't put enzymes on the foamy bit through your carpet and expect to suck it back up and it's done the job. That would be the same thing as put the same getting your jumper smothered in milk and then it smells and then putting it in the washing machine and expecting to take it back out after it's filled up twice and then throwing the water out the drain. You know, the machine has to go for an hour because what it's actually doing, it's getting the 30, 37 degrees, which is the perfect temperature for the enzymes to digest the problem. And then it's massaging away for that long. So when you now replicate that, trying to do that in the gap between the seats and the, of your uh, car, then you're not going to do that very easy. You can see now why lots of people, it doesn't, it's not very successful. And of course, the wine and the milk fall in the same category as well as the sick. Because, uh, you know, the sick is a combination of whatever we want to describe it as. But it is, you know, it's the same Especially sort of if you thing. drank a pint of milk just before you were sick. Well, <laughs> or, yeah, so, or milk, milk and wine. Yeah, milk and wine. Yeah, so, so similar thing, really. You're getting into a professional area there where spillages are and you need specialist equipment to do the suction part. But if you are hiring a machine, a wet vac, and you have got your scrubbing brush, and you have got your bucket of water, you need to do a lot of extracting first. You don't want to spread the milk. We do get lots of cars. People come to us and say, yeah, yeah we've been to all and sundry, and they've put four more gallons of water in the car and spread it everywhere, you know? 
So, uh, but you know, so you need to fo- focus on getting as much of the solids up before you then start putting liquid onto it to then suck it back off and go over and over and over again. Try and work at 37.5 degrees if you can. In case you're wondering what a benchmark is, uh, it's about as hot as you can get your hand in the bucket. If you've got a hot bucket of water, if you can just about get your hand in it, it's about body temperature. It's deceiving. It's you know, it's it's hot, you know, yeah. but not too hot that you're burning your hand because then it slows the speed of the enzyme. So, but it works better at that temperature. And if you can keep the car warm in the summertime, it's easy to do, and the enzymes work like that. But if you can't keep the car warm, then it doesn't seem to work very well. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you yeah. mentioned specialist equipment, and uh, so talking about specialist equipment, and I know that you've uh, used this firsthand at, at your place. But uh, well, let's go and talk about these ozone machines, and do they actually work? Okay, um, so there might be some people listening who've got hotel rooms. Um, that's another one. Ozone machines work very well for airborne smell. So what ozone is, is um, changing the, the, the chemistry of the air, shall we say. Um, and so ozone goes everywhere air goes. So that's also where smell goes. So let's use an example. Say, say you had something that smells and you put it in the car... You, let's use a great example, smelly pair of trainers, you put them in the boot. We actually did this test once, because I don't know if you've ever actually really got to grips with a really smelly pair of trainers, and they can stink. So put them in the boot of the car, put an ozone machine in the car, turn it on, leave it on for a few hours. What's actually happening is the ozone's um, oxidising on the surfaces. It's having a chemical reaction on the surfaces, but it's going to all surfaces air can go to. So the, air, the ozone, will, if you put a tiny bit of breeze in the car with a little fan, the air will go, the ozone will go right inside that trainer. And of course, when it's finished, that trainer won't smell. There will be no smell from that trainer at all. Gone. However... If you put the trainer on, it will smell straight away because the ozone's only killing the airborne. It's not actually physically killing the, the, you know, it's not sinking in. So those, what we talked about earlier were your dog ones. Um, you could you could put a, an ozone machine in the car that absolutely stinks a dog, absolutely stinks. Leave the ozone machine in there and uh, I can guarantee you this, that that car will not smell at all of dog until you get in it and then start moving surfaces and everything yeah, else. Sitting on the seats and... Yeah, so you're massaging all the dust particles and all everything else. So uh, go back to your hotel room, people. Uh, somebody smoked in the hotel overnight. You give it a good clean and a vacuum and it still has that smoky smell. That smoke on the curtains and on every other surface, your ozone's going to work really well. Um, there's lots of controversy about ozone and what it does to the environment and so on. But, you know, you're asking me point blank, how does it work and does it work? Um, I would say, yes, it works very, very well in certain instances. And, uh, you know, if you've got a car that's been smoked in, maybe a driver shouldn't have smoked in it, a delivery driver, you might be a dealer now. You might be thinking of buying an ozone machine and thinking it's the answer to all your problems. Uh, it's a temporary answer to all the problems and it can be a permanent answer to a car that may have only been smoked in for a short term. Do you have to treat it with a little bit of respect? You can breathe ozone in on mild levels and they use it in hospitals and we have ground ozone and the old TVs used to emit ozone at the back ozone. But um, ozone in concentrated levels can really be like smelling, um, you know, what's that salt stuff, you know? 
what that stuff you breathe up your nose, smelling salts. You've ever done that? Smell some yeah, of that? Ammonia. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah that, that's what it's like. So you get a you get a smell of. Uh, if you get in a car that's got the ozone in it, it's like, woohoo, hang on. And it, you shouldn't do this. No, you know, so you put a sticker on the window and, uh, you know, make sure you made mistakes like that in, uh, I've made in the past. It can, you know, people with respiratory problems, there's a bit of publicity out there about that and people can actually get, um, you know, can make you pass out or something. I'm sure somebody's passed out somewhere. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Right, so pairing. You're looking at the yeah. The so word what about pairing? pairing and what What's is it? pairing? Yeah, what ah, is it? Ah, okay. So um, pairing. So uh, right. Well, lots of people buy cars, and I'm sure there's people there listening now that bought a car with a load of air freshness in it. People are sort of hanging them off the mirror, and that sometimes the dealers put them in the cars as well, and it makes it smell. Of course, when someone opens the door, but also it can be used to hide a smell. It doesn't work very well because you end up with a combination of the smell that it's meant to be, i.e. the pear or or the tree or whatever it is that they're putting, and the horrible smell. Okay, like do on a, be- a deodorant on bo <laughs> something something yeah it can be that you know it can be yeah. the dog smell with yeah. the with the cherry on top you know. Um, so what pairing is okay so. Uh, smells are made up by a recipe of six strokes, seven different combinations. So all of our smells that we smell are made from a recipe of six or seven different smells. Um, using an example of the colours, obviously we know there's three colours that make up all our colours. So smells are a tiny bit more complex. So um, so what pairing's all about is uh, often you, you can make a smell change by adding other parts to the recipe. So use an example, uh, there was a story I knew when I went on a training course, we've done a lot of training stuff on this, uh, an American guy came over that was doing odour control training, and he said that there was some uh, houses right next to a dump out in America somewhere, and they um, put some chimneys up, and the chimneys emit, emitted a smell that was a sort of an unknown smell, that mixed with the smell from the dump created another smell that wasn't dump smell. So at the same time, there was a a building that we were doing the course in the Midlands. I went up to the Midlands. I got the badge, by the way. I got this. We did. I did. Well done. Congratulations. I got ninety eight percent on the um, on the uh, you know on the test in the end because I've been doing all this stuff. So, you know, I was on the course. Nobody was on it doing the cars. There was people on it doing buildings and houses and everything else. So this is why the house one was the example. But this big old stately home that we're doing the training with, um, there were, the lady that was offering the place was, it was out for rental and so on. I suppose they came over from America. And anyway, the um, she said, I have a terrible smell near that window over there. She said, and there's some beautiful flowers the other side of the window. And, and if you open the window in the summer, it will let a nice breeze through. But otherwise, it's a stuffy room. But we can't open the window because there's the smell from the drain there. And uh, so the trainer said, well, let me have a look. And they had these blocks at the time. We still use these blocks. They're like a fibrous block and it has a smell on them. And he picked out a smell that was a very similar recipe to the smell of the horrible drain. And he gave us some of these blocks and said, look, all you do now is put the blocks the other side of the window. And then the smell coming from the drain will mix with these smells and create a comfortable smell, and it means that you won't have to dig the building up to change the drains, because that was the alternative. So pairing can be used in combination with smell problems, 
Um, we've got a thermo fogger. We've got a couple of those. Um, and if you have a smell that's embedded in and, uh, you know, you want the last tiny piece, so we were talking about the 80-20 earlier, you can sometimes uh, emit a smell using the fogger. Just to give you an example, the cherry works well with sick. So if you had a sort of background sick smell in the car and you thought, you know, I think this smells a bit... Still smell it every now and again. You Somebody pulls his face and says, well, I can smell it. Can you smell it? I can't smell it. Nobody, you know, you have all this sort of conversation. And then we have that with dealers sometimes. Ladies bought it back. She can smell it. No one else can. Everyone's had a smell of it. Well, she probably needs less, less parts per million to smell it anyway. She's got a stronger sense of smell. So the likelihood is she can smell it. And your air freshener may create the wrong smell. So if you're looking at the one for sick, it's actually cherry. And, the, you know, because eventually sometimes the smell will wear out. And so sometimes a little bit of the cherry uh, deodorant or it's, you know, the pairing product that has the cherry recipe can work really well. And just while you're listening, in case anybody else wants to know, the, the musky smell works well with mint. That might make sense to people thinking, oh, yeah, you can understand now. If you smell a musky, kind of uh, watery, smelly, kind of, you know, off water, you can understand that it's it's more close to the smell of mint. Yeah, do you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot of other smells. We carry about five different smells that work quite well with problems. So, you know, you, there's more than one way of attacking a problem. If you've got a serious problem with a car, sometimes a combination of the ozone, the pairing fogging machine, and you wonder about what other machines you've got on that list. Yeah, we have. Yeah, so there's also the thermofogging. Thermofogging is the one that yeah. does the pairing. Yeah. So that, just to tell you what that is a bit more, a thermofogger is a machine that you creates like a smoke. Yeah. So you put it in the car, um, you remotely set it off, and it's uh, there might be people listening to thinking, oh, there's what's this bomb thing? I've heard of a bomb. What a bomb is is an aerosol can with a smell in it, and basically a lot of them you just compress the lid, put it on, put it in the car. And it will excel, excel what's in that can. So that's really working like pairing, really. It's not removing any of the problem. And it sometimes can work. And people swear by them. They go, oh, you know, we've got these bombs. works on every car. Well, the answer is it's not going to work on every car. It's not going to bring out the sick from down the between the gaps of the seats, is it? But but at the same time, if you've got a problem like a dog smell, that's the car's been clean, there's no dogs in it, and actually, there's just a little bit of surface smell on all the areas. Maybe the car's been sitting there for a week or two before it's been sold. Um, then the that, the bomb thing works. Now, the thermofogger is basically a bigger level of that. It's a professional machine. Um, it doesn't just spray it like an aerosol. It puts it into the format of like a, like a smoke. And it, cre- and it actually looks like smoke, and you think it was smoke, but it's not really smoke. It's what they use in the discos, you know, yeah. the smoke machines. Only you, you, there's varying levels. There's, there's a water-based one of those that works in the disco, so you can breathe it. Yeah. I will tell you, any of you guys thinking, oh, yeah, I've got the disco one. The disco one is the same machine. They do two variations of that machine. And so they do one that uses a solvent product, which is thermo, the thermo one. And then they do a non-solvent one, which is one that you work in a in the disco where you can breathe it in. Otherwise, if you had the thermo one, by the way, it leaves a greasy surface. So you have to clean all surfaces after and you're relying on the machine, the smoke 
going into areas you can't get to, like the springs, like yeah. where the ozone goes, yeah, like absolutely. the wires under the dashboard, and gets in all those areas. Um, but uh, you're not cleaning it off of all those surfaces. You don't really need to clean it off of every spring underneath the seat. But if it's gone on the glass, you'll see it will. You've got to clean all the surfaces of all the dashboard and all the vinyl and everything else because it, it does <coughs> actually emit a solvent-based product. So that's your thermo fogger. And then you've, you've also got the uh, UVL fogging. And how does that work? <laughs> right. A UVL fogger is like uh, a sprayer. But we've got a couple of those. They are uh, a liquid fogger. You put in, you put in whatever the recipe is. We use it for, we use them for varying different products, um, and it sprays it like a very, very powerful sprayer. Yeah. So it, you can add a spray in general directions. Um, yeah. So if you you can spray it all over the glove boxes and all over the. Don't spray it on the electrics because it is actually a physical sprayer, but it's spraying it in a very powerful mist. So it's not the same as a thermofogger. It's not going in like a smoke and filling the car up. It's directional, um, but you can use it with different products. You can use it with um, uh, liquid cleaning products, and also you can use other kinds of deodorant. Yeah. So it's more about that. You that works well with removing physical things from the car. You can put a strong uh, deodorizing cleaning product in there before you make an extraction using the extraction machines as well. So it's also very good for if you've done the thermo fogging. So sometimes when we do a car, we we're talking about it earlier, doing a combination. You might do the car with the thermo fogger and then follow it up with the UVL because the thermo fogger is going leaving the greasy surface in all over the areas with the uh, the pairing product usually. Yeah. And then your <clears throat> UVL fogger is going to spray on all the surfaces before you get your microfiber and clean it clean all it off. off yeah. So we would also use uh, deodorizing products for that. So you can also, if you're going blind, you're trying to do a car, you don't know what the smell is or what's come from it. Occasionally, we've got the, that comes along as a, a, a strange smell and nobody really knows what it is. So you might do it with varying different products and different ways to do it based on what information you're gathering. You know, you might look around, find no evidence of any dog. And then, but you might find a bit of ash evidence, but something else smells fishy. You know? So, yeah. you know, you use it in combination. Great. So, and I think now we're just going to finally finish off with this particular uh, uh, question. And I guess um, many people have probably come across this themselves over the years. Um, but what about if you've just bought a car from a dealer and uh, and it's not it's not too great? What do you suggest? Um, okay, so we do a lot of this. Um, I think to be honest with the dealers and be fair with the dealers, they don't understand the problem in the first place. So. The auctions aren't putting it on the um, paperwork now yet. Oh, they probably will in the future, but you know, when the cars are being auctioned, there's nothing on the description to say where the car smells. And of course, people are buying cars and buying them online. The dealers are buying them in. You know, you might stick your head in a car um, and it doesn't really smell that much. It's not until the car warms up. Usually, the smell uh, exacerbates if you add. Uh, dampness to it and heat yeah. so you know it might genuine, but genuinely be that the dealer's bought the car in thinks a good valet most of the time people think a good clean is going to get rid of the smell and in some instances of course it does and a good clean and a bomb you know these aerosol things and then you know they can resolve the problem and on an 80% of 
the cars. It will. So, you know, to be fair to the dealer, they might have innocently bought the car in, never even thought about it. You know, most of sales, car sales people are guys, you know, there may be a few 19-year-old girls, pregnant ladies, so who may be a bit more sensitive. But most of the time, it's, you know, the guy's doing the looking for the car, the guy's selling it to him, and it's not until the car makes its way across the country that the lady who wants, who's going to have the car, likes the colour and, has, you know, all that stuff, gets in it and, and then smells the car and says, this smells. <laughs> and that's when the problem starts, you know. Oh, no, it doesn't smell. What are you talking about? I can't smell it. And then everything else goes on. So um, so what do you do about it? The answer is you've got to contact the dealer first. I mean, in you know, you read all the statutory rights. A dealer needs the opportunity to put things right. Um, so you need to call the dealer and just say, look, car came with smell. Um, the dealer's going to get a lot of calls from people complaining about everything. Uh, you know, for every 10 cars that they sell, they're going to get a call from somebody who says there's a dent or a squeaking noise or an engine's not running right or I didn't, what side do I put my fuel in or, you know, I can't seem to get the seat working. There's a whole load of reasons why people call the dealers and, and a lot of them are complaints. You know, I, I went to do it and the spare's not there and all the rest of it and, the, you know, you get these calls. So, you know, you, you've got to make the dealer aware that you are genuine and that it is a genuine problem and that you are taking it seriously at the start. So, you you know, say it smells, I bought it from you in good faith and uh, I need the thing sorted out, you know. Um, it's very easy to come to us. We get a lot of people call us and say, I bought this car and, you know, I just want you to give it a clean and get rid of the smell. Well, that may be what they've done already, you know, um, if the car does smell quite bad, um or even if it's not bad, it's just annoying to you. You know, you think, well, I don't want to buy a car. It's done 40,000 miles looking at the service history and the ownership history. It looks to me like the previous owner's done 30,000 in it and they might have been smoking. Yeah. And then you've got to do another 30,000 while you own it with a smoke of smell and horrible, you know. And it, and it can last that long. It can last years. So... You know, it could be a serious problem and it could be a reason that you don't want the car. So I think you're going to have to go back to the dealer straight away and say, look, I am treating it seriously. We're not people that are super fussy people. You know, we're not moaning people. We're not just complaining about something that's nothing. You may not have smelt it, but this is serious and we don't want a car that smells. So, And then talk to them and say, look, you know, obviously you can email them as well. I do recommend emailing or sending them a letter at the same time. If they're local, go back to them and but go back with a letter. Write a, write a letter, take it with you. Go back there and say, look, you know, here's the car, here's the problem, and I want it put right. And, yeah. You know, look, also I want you to sympathise. It's all very well folding your arms and saying that, but the dealers probably don't fully understand it. They're going to think, oh, well, it just needs a valet. Chuck it back at the valet people. Give it a good clean. Most of the valet guys um, may not even be speaking our language. So, uh, you know, uh, you, you may find that he gives it another good clean. Sorry about that. And then you're going to get the smell come back again. Uh, but you've got to give them a chance. And what I would suggest to them is uh, step it out in a letter saying you're quite happy for them to rectify it if they can. But you believe it might be something a bit more than that. And if it is, if it's not fine and you find it's gone and you're happy with it. But if it is, you'd expect them to take a professional to fix it or... Or, you know, what do they propose, you know? You can say that you've found another company that's going to deal with it. 
there are more than just us out there that deal with these problems but we're down in the southeast so you could say well uh, you know we've found a company that might be able to deal with it for me uh, you could do the Saturday, the Sunday morning job and have a go yourselves um, and then if you know because dri- driving all the way back to Manchester if you bought it from you know if you live in Manchester it's not far no <laughs> but yeah exactly <laughs> but you know uh-huh. driving it all the way 100 miles to put it right when you could have had a a few hours cleaning it and you know and uh, getting to know the car and all that stuff you know it isn't a new car after all um, but at the same time you know a smell can be as bad as a not as a, a clicking gearbox you know as a it's not going into third gear especially if you're a 19 year old girl especially if you're or <laughs> or pregnant, pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah so you know to help the dealer with the problem at the start but highlight to the dealer that you know, if it's in their 30-day deal, you don't want the car. If it's not going to be rectified, you need to make that clear at the start. You, and really, you know, discipline yourselves. You know, um, don't buy a car and then think you can put it right in the first couple of weeks and then your time's gone by and then live with it for another five, three, five years with it smelling. Invariably, you won't. You'll end up selling it, taking it back to the dealer or passing it or doing something with it because... You know, it may not mean a lot to some people. People that smoke, of course, uh, getting a smoky car, it's not going to bother them, is it? So there are owners that suit the car. So, But at the same time, I would would advise don't live with the problem at the start because it will just haunt you for, for a long, long time. And, you know, if it's dealt with properly, there's no reason why you can't get rid of the problem. And it, it may be two or three goes to do it. If you can find there has been a spillage, you may need a specialist to get the carpet up, may even need a replacement bit of carpet, or we do injections and other things. But, you know, at the end of the day, your smell can be very not, not very nice, and you're driving... It's when you come back to it, you know, it's been sat in the sun and you're walking across the car park, you know, take their minds back to the story earlier. Yeah. And then you get in it and it smells. So, um, so that's great advice. Um, so, um, so I know obviously the listeners, uh, if you are basically, uh, got an odor problem, uh, there's some great tips there in order to help you, uh, you know, solve the problem yourself. But Gary, your company, you're based in the Southeast. Do you want to give the viewers and the listeners, the viewers, the listeners some, uh, advice on to where you are and how they can find you and where you're located? Uh, right. Okay. So we're in the middle of Chelmsford. Um, the, there's a station just up the road from us by a 10 minute walk and, um, yeah, by all means, give us a call and we'll talk about what the problem is first and what we think the solution is. We've got a sliding scale of services so we can pick what we think might be the right solution. If that doesn't work because we've underestimated what the problem is, then, uh, you just pay the balance to go to the next option of services. Um, if you're dealing with a dealer, give the dealer a ring and just try and help the dealer with your problem. But sometimes, you know, if you bought the car and you are near us and the dealer wants to get involved, sometimes the dealer will pay towards it or pay for it, you know, and say, well, we'll deal with it remotely and say, look, you know, we've sold you the car, we realise the problem. You know, encourage the dealer to contact the owner they got it from if they can and see what was wrong with it. You know, maybe they can say, oh, yeah, we do know the guy who sold it to us. And then they realise that, you know, it was a problem. So, uh, yeah, do the DIY. Um, you know, there's lots more help and advice. We will be doing some more on our website. On our old website, there was a lot about the stuff. But remember the things that you can use. And the web addresses? Uh, we're just new again, www.newagain.co.uk. So Excellent. 
you can go on there and there is some more stuff on that. There's one or two more podcast stuffs on there. There's some pretty, uh, you know, there's one we did recently that's a pretty powerful message. We ju- uh, you know, we're, we're just chatting away, but when uh, I think Danny and I was doing one and it's a real vigorous, you know, in set of instructions on how to really get stuck in and do it. So you may want to listen to that one and so before you roll your sleeves up and have a go because... You know, sometimes it's the easiest way is just to get on with it, you know, and fix yeah, it yourself. Absolutely. So there's that as well. So there's loads of resources on the website at www.newagain.co.uk. Um, so I think that's probably it for this uh, episode of uh, the Car Care Podcast. Uh, again, thank you very much, Gary, for coming along and uh, sharing your vast amount of knowledge and expertise in this field. And uh, and I think uh, 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 the listeners are going to be grateful for the uh, for the information that you shared with them. So, okay. um, uh, so I don't know if you want to say cheerio and uh, yeah, no, it's bye bye from me. <laughs> yeah, and it's goodbye from me. And we look forward to catching up with you again uh, on the next episode of the Car Care Podcast. So, thanks again for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>